Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome back to Room for Improvement. Each week, the editorial team from your home and homestyle magazines answer your burning decor and DIY questions. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, send us an email at podcast at yourhomestyle.uk. I'm Rebecca Messina, our digital editor, and with me in the studio today, we've got your home editor, Mel Sherwood. Hello, Mel. Hi, Rebecca. And back with us again, Hannah Tribe. Hello, Hannah. Hello, Rebecca. So this week, our first question comes from Matt. And Matt asks, any tips for livening up dark, narrow hallways? My landing and front hallway are both narrow and dark. I'd love to spice them up. Hello, Matt. Very happy to help you. So I would start at the beginning with the door. What is the situation with the door at the moment? Does it have a window in it? So if it doesn't have a window in it, then maybe you want to think about changing it. And that's an instant way that you can get more light in there. And it's genuine light. You're not having to kind of force it using different colours or mirrors or whatever. You can get a new UPVC door for like roughly £400. But then it goes all the way up to handfuls of thousands for something like a custom composite. But that would give you a bit more light if you don't already have a window. And also maybe think about what's going on in your front garden. Like, is there anything that you could kind of cut down, remove, like reduce slightly? Because if you do have a window there, creating as much light as you can around that window will make a huge difference. The amount of light that's coming into that room. If you want to make it feel a lot brighter in there using colour, I would go for something sort of a creamy yellow. If you take a look at a brand's full colour card, set it down, have a proper look at it and see if any of them seem radiant to you. Do any of them seem like they're giving off more light than any of the others? So I find that Tallow from Farrow and Ball does this. First Light from Little Green. I were talking about that the other yeah, day. It's yeah, it's really, really nice. And also Jane from Coat. They're really, really nice, kind of slightly yellowy colours that would give you that feeling of kind of early morning, warm light definitely pop in a mirror it's an instant way of like Mm. sort of almost doubling the amount of light that you've got in there and if your flooring is dark 
cover it up with something light. So something that's washable so that you... Yeah, yeah. keep it practical. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Coming in with shoes. Yes. <laughs> um, turtle mats are quite good for this. Um, What's a turtle mat? Turtle mats are rugs that absorb a whole load of moisture. So mm. they're almost like carpety, um, microfiber carpet. Um, okay. And you can walk straight on them with wet shoes. And by the time you come off the other side of them, your shoes are dry. Um, they've got a kind of like heathery texture as well. So they can get quite dirty before you've realised how dirty <laughs> they are, which is a bonus <laughs> in a hallway. But also maybe think like if it truly is dark, then maybe embrace it. I think we do tend to get hung up on making our homes always feel lighter and bigger and brighter. And it's just like, well, fighting against what your home is, is almost always going to make you kind of feel anxious and you're not quite getting it. Mm -hmm. How, like, just live with what you have. And so maybe think about making it even darker again yeah. with something super, you know, sexy and dark. I really like Brinjal from Farrow and Ball for this. It's a really lovely, dark kind of aubergine coloured mm-hmm. paint. Or maybe you can go sort of halfway dark, put in like a dado rail, and that will make the space above your head feel brighter as a result of the lower section of your wall being darker. Going with that idea of doing the top half in a colour and what you're going to do on the bottom half, it's really traditional in old Victorian buildings to have gloss tiles on the bottom third of your hall walls and then onto the floor Mm -hmm. with those encaustic tiles, you know. But if you were to do, if you choose a gloss, then that's obviously going to bounce light around. I love the idea of going moody with it because do you know what I've also pictured is having, you know, we talked about, you talked about mirrors. Mm -hmm. If you add mirrors and then add those little stick on lights that you can get now from Amazon to create little pools of atmospheric light above the mirror, then you'll get moody and a little bit of light in the room. I meant to ask with mirrors, is there a point of diminishing returns? Like if you have two mirrors, are they going to reflect light at each other and create more light? Or is it just. At some point, it creates a fire hazard. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not. Yeah, yeah. If you put the window in your door and then you've got mirrors. Is. I, we can't well, guarantee what I will mean, happen. I mean, you don't want to create a hall of mirror situation. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like the shining. It's all yeah, horrible. No, that's not good. Yeah. Genuinely yeah. horrible. Yeah. But you could probably get away with two. If in a, in yes. a standard narrow hall, I think you could probably get away with two. Yeah. Put them in the most logical places. So have a look at where the light actually falls during the day and put them there. And some other people like to put them in the darkest spots, but that's to bring light to the dark spots. If you want to actually add light to the room, then you've got to put them where the light falls. Yeah. I think having a a mirror in the hallway is generally like a good idea, even if it's not kind of dark or dingy, just having that kind of last minute look before you go out the door. Yeah, it's just like a nice, it's a lovely thing. Yeah. And I guess if you're having tiles at the bottom or even a darker paint, that's good for like scuffs or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. umbrellas that are being shaken. It's better to have something that's a bit more forgiving towards the bottom of the wall as well. And if you don't want a tile, you can use a kind of textured wallpaper um, to get kind of similar effect and painting it with an eggshell or a satin. You'll get the effect of it kind of bouncing off in mm. a, a, like a gentle way. I've just remembered as well, I think Dulux has a range of paints that is specifically light reflective paint. Light and space. Light and yes, space. Yes, it's actually discontinued. Uh. Um, but you can get it in home base, I think. I think they might still have it on Amazon. Yeah. Um, so get it while you can, folks. But those are all very light colours. Yeah, um, they are. They're, yeah, really good for north-facing spaces. Um, my bedroom we used to be soft coral. It's very good. <laughs> yes, highly recommend those if you could get your hands on them. I mean, Matt did say he wanted to spice it up, so maybe he's going to go with the dark and sexy mm. option. Mm. Matt, send us a photo, not too spicy. <laughs> 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 enough. 
So our next question today is from Grace, who messaged us on Facebook with a question about fireplaces. She says, we recently moved into a Victorian terrace with some lovely period features that were horribly mistreated by the previous owners. (laughs) We're trying to restore as much of the original decor as we can, but I'm not sure how best to tackle the fireplace. It's a beautiful cast iron grate with original surrounds, but the whole thing has been painted over. What's the best way to restore it without damaging it? Mm. So we had this exact problem in my old house, which was... Uh, 1930s terrace and there weren't many original features left in it but there was this one really skinny cute little fireplace I think we've got a picture of it Mm -hmm. yeah we'll put it in the show notes yeah and it had been painted with so many layers of paint you couldn't even see see what detailing was going to be on this thing there were also some butterfly stickers which were cute but not not original 1930s (laughs) we lived with this for a while but then during the pandemic i started using this room every day as the office and so i was like i can't i can't walk in and look at this anymore i have to deal with it so i got a product called nitromores or nitromores i'm not quite sure how you say it Mm. paint stripper which is exceptionally toxic stuff. Okay, for this job, you will need all of the goggles, all of the masks, oh, no. all of the... I think I even put my hair in a hair in like a shower cap once <laughs> yeah. just to keep yeah. all of it away from yeah. me. Yeah, keep the pets away, yeah, keep pet, the kids oh, away. God, no. Pets yeah. nowhere near. Plants away. Um, yeah, <laughs> any, any organic <laughs> yeah, life. <laughs> and open all the windows. Mm-hmm. And I have asthma and I actually did genuinely still with all of this stuff have trouble with my asthma for like a couple of weeks after using this stuff. It is... Your commitment to five place restoration <laughs> well, is out of this fair, world. I didn't know that was what I was hitting myself. <laughs> into at the time (laughs) yeah okay the voice of experience but so this stuff is like a really thick gel like green substance if i remember rightly and you slather it on fairly thickly so it's active while it's moist so you cover it in cling film to keep it active for as long as possible to stop any moisture evaporating from it so you leave it for a couple of hours i think it says on the tin no more than two or three hours or something, but I definitely left it for longer than that because I had so many layers of paint to get through. I think I identified at least five layers of paint. You know, as Tell you're us again through. about the asthma attacks. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, thank you. <laughs> but yes, so you leave it on and then you come in with as many little scraping, scrubbing, brushing tools as you can to get off as much as you can. Mm-hmm. I had to do it a few times because I did have a lot of paint to deal with and this task which if you're only dealing with one layer of paint might easily be a one or two day job this was like a full weeks Mm. going in every day doing a new thing every day but then eventually I got it back to what seemed as clean as it was going to get Mm -hmm. oh another thing if any elements you can remove did did Grace say it was the great as well yeah any elements you can remove just take them away and do them outside because you Mm. the more of this you can do outside the better it will be for your lungs (laughs) (laughs) and your eyes etc but it's actually because it is a fiddly job if you can do it in a container it's actually really handy especially the scraping bit because that bit you still have to put quite a lot of effort into that bit Mm -hmm. so if you're not working like vertically against a wall you can just hold it in a way that's a lot easier to manage Mm. highly recommend taking away any bits that you can and doing them separately finish up with white spirit Mm -hmm. and then go over it with a great polish to get it nice and shiny looking so the other option if you don't want to use the goopy toxic gel is is to use a heat gun now i've not done this myself and i think again it probably wouldn't work if you're dealing with as many layers of paint as i was dealing with but you can in theory go in with a heat gun heat up the paint and then just scrape it off and then you might only need a bit of paint stripper for the stuff that's really difficult to access and when you strip it off can you use like a putty knife or what kind of thing did you use for scraping i got a specialist kit of scraping tools i can't remember Ooh. what they were called. Should I look them up and we can yeah, put, put them up in the show notes? But yes, it had like a rectangular thing and a triangular thing and a pokey thing. Like there were <laughs> loads of different shapes in this set of scraping yeah. tools. 
which had good sturdy wooden handles and so you didn't feel like you were hurting your hands because some scraping tools I got the feeling weren't designed very well mm. if they're metal or plastic they're probably going to hurt your hands with the amount of effort that you're putting in mm. so the wooden handles were really good for just absorbing some of that impact yeah there you go that is genuinely a real life experience mm. Grace let us know how you get on send us a picture this episode is brought to you by Rakuten if you're shopping while working eating or even listening to this podcast then you know and love the thrill of the hunt but are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like UGG, Samsung, and Expedia. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use. And you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. That's Rakuten. Moving on, we've got a question from Siobhan, which came by email. And this question definitely confirms that summer is over. Uh, she writes, Our tumble dryer has recently packed up, and with the cost of living being what it is, I'm seriously considering not replacing it and buying a heated Clyzera instead. Are there a decent alternative in terms of efficiency, value for money, etc.? Any recommendations for brands? Ideally, I want something that doesn't look too plasticky. What do you think, guys? Well, I'm a big fan of heated errors. I have one myself. I'm also lucky that I have uh, airing cupboard. So between those two things, I can actually get laundry turned around really quite quickly, in, even in the depths of winter, which is mm. great. However, it's still not as quick as a tumble dryer. It's never going to be as quick as a tumble dryer. So if you're in a busy family and you need laundry turned around quickly, then you're probably still going to have to replace that tumble dryer realistically. If you're doing mm. more than like four loads a week, which I know a lot of families do, I would feel like a tumble dryer is yeah. going to be the most... It might end up being more efficient just because of the amount that you're using it. If you're leaving a heated mm. error on 24-7, it's not going to be as efficient as running a tumble dryer for 40 minutes. Yeah, but if you're doing shorter loads, I think the key mm. is like not overcrowding it, isn't it? I think a, a lot of people, when they do make a mistake with a heated clothes error, it's putting a full load in there and then, you know, it takes hours and hours and hours to yeah. dry. But if you don't overcrowd it, it is surprisingly, especially if you get one with a cover as well. We used to have a, yeah, the, the JML dry buddy one that comes with a cover and it makes such a difference yeah, yeah but i know a lot of people also put sheets or yeah that can be a bit of a it? fire hazard mm. um i wouldn't do that if you're using it overnight so if you're kind of working from home or something i think that's perfectly fine just just keep an eye on it i know the dry soon range there is a cover that you can get that's got certain vents in it to kind of help prevent yes. that from happening but be careful <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of dry soon, mm -hmm. they've just brought out a new one that is a foldable one. So it's more compact. It is designed to look like a permanent feature when it's away. Huh. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. It looks like a permanent appliance that you would just leave in the corner of yeah. the room. Yeah. It looks it looks really good. And at the moment, it is on offer. I mean, at time of record, it's yes. on offer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's under 100 quid at the moment, which I think oh, wow. for, for a bit of kit that looks like it's made to live like that because the one I have just never looks tidy it folds up so it takes up less space but unless you've got a full height cupboard that's really deep it's still living out somewhere making a mess of whatever yeah. corner it's in yeah 
I slide mine underneath the sofa. Oh, nice. Yeah. I have a cat, so I can't do that. <laughs> All of her toys live under there. <laughs> and I mean, you can't beat them for running cost as well. Like, yeah, I was just having a look because I know we've got something on the website, actually, that's on, on this exact subject. Mm. And uh, an error with a wattage of 1,200 watts, which is common for the, the kind of the big ones with the motorized units. Running it for three hours would cost £1.22. That was at the time of writing, and it wasn't written long ago. So it really isn't bad, and it probably is cheaper to run a cycle than a tumble dryer you just have to bear in mind that you won't get as much done in a single cycle as you mm. might in a, in mm. a tumble dryer especially mm. a larger one i mean if you look at the efficiency ratings of tumble dryers which is something i was doing last year because i was considering getting one in autumn <laughs> the efficiency ratings are really telling they're all ease yeah. ease and ease yeah are you like that's, I think under the, I, that's under the new the new yeah, stricter yeah the new stricter uh, guidelines yeah that sort of made up my mind for me and i was like okay well let's see if we can get through this winter without a tumble dryer mm. and if we can which we absolutely could and it was fine i was just like i don't we don't need to add that to our bills yeah. <laughs> to our utilities so yeah we opted we actually opted against it mm. and that was prompted by seeing so many of those d's and e's yeah on the listings yeah that's a really good point, actually. Like, try it out. Because <laughs> yeah. there's nothing yeah. stopping you from buying one another time. Yeah. yeah. Maybe for this winter, see whether or not you can actually live without one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they will get more efficient as well. Because because of these new ratings, I think mm. a lot of people have been put off buying them, just like me. And so they will have to yeah, make really more efficient products. So two or three years down the line from now, we might be looking at more more A's and B's. Yeah, that'd be lovely. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Fluffy towels for all. Uh, But the vinegar trick. Have you heard about the vinegar trick? Tell me the vinegar trick. Okay, now I don't know if I can remember it well enough. I was really happy you knew it. (laughs) You tell us what you think it is. And then if if listeners can just write in and say whether this helped at all. (laughs) So, I mean, we had it in the mag a couple of issues ago. The trick is that if you put white vinegar, not white wine vinegar, as sometimes slips through in the copy, (laughs) white vinegar in with your load and you're only washing towels, it will help them come out fluffier. Where do you put them in? In the detergent? In with the detergent, yeah. yeah. So either in, yeah, in the detergent drawer, I would put it in there. So not in the fabric softener bit? In the detergent? No, I don't think you want it going in last. Okay. And also no fabric softener. Everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah. No fabric softener towels. Yeah. Okay, so you... Theoretically, Siobhan could get a heat equalizer error, still end up with the soft towels, yeah. just a bit of white vinegar. I mean, that's not going to cost much money either. So this is no. this is all, yeah. It's very thrifty. Attainable luxury. It might be a good idea if you're going to try the vinegar thing to get one of the scented vinegars that you can get. Um, there's a brand called scented Minimal vinegars. that do lovely scented vinegar. Yeah, there's there's a, I've got one that's a lemon. Ooh. It's really nice. Lemon towels. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. It's still a slight tang so of vinegar, bougie. I'm sure, makes it through. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we're back to a favourite topic, paint. This one comes from Beth, and I can't wait to see what you guys have to say. So she says, what advice do you have on how to choose paint colours when there are just so many? There are so many paint brands and then so many colours, I just get overwhelmed with choice and just end up buying so many paint samples and never (laughs) making a decision. Also, and this is one that I've wondered, when it comes to choosing paint based on room direction, what rules or advice are there for southwest or northeast facing rooms? Do you follow the rules for the first or the second direction? (laughs) Uh, I can feel the anxiety in this question. (laughs) It hurts me. Um, I mean, me and, is it Beth who wrote this one? Yes. Yeah, me and Beth are colour spirit sisters. I, I always get through so many swatches. I think I spent more 
on samples and swatches <laughs> than I did on the actual paint that I then, yeah. then bought for my room <laughs> when I decided to paint my kitchen. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and can't. what did you go for in the end? Well, in the end, we went for orange. This has come up in the pod before, mm. I believe. In the end, we went for orange, which is very much out of my normal colour comfort zone. So my advice to Beth was going to be, First of all, get yourself a colour chart, open it out nice and big. Where does your eye naturally want to fall? Mm. Narrow down what colours you feel the most comfortable with. For me, it's normally the blues, the greens, the teals. I have a real teal bias. I need to work on that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and that will help you figure out what you're drawn to. But then, as was the case for my kitchen, those colours just don't work in that room. It's a north-facing, practical room that we needed to be light and airy and... I just couldn't put a dark blue in there. Mm. It wouldn't have looked right. It would have looked really cold and it wouldn't have gone with the cabinets that we had either. So sometimes the colours that you are naturally drawn to just aren't right. This is something in I the room. when I moved into my first house. There's a, a, a huge difference between what I like to look at and what I'm prepared to live with. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like in my normal life, I'm very much like flamboyant and big. Yesterday I was wearing all the pink gingham you could imagine. <laughs> but, my, but you haven't coated your house in pink No, gingham. I haven't. It's like white and pale blue because mm. I like it's about how you want to feel in that space. Yeah. Your oranges will make you feel a lot more zingy and bright and kind of energised and then your blues will kind of calm you down. So think about what you're going to use those rooms for mm. and that will help to kind of mm. help you to kind of narrow it down. Mm. And also don't worry too much about making the perfect decision mm. there will be multiple colors that will work in your space yeah. it's not about it's finding not the right one, one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah there isn't the right one well there is the right one there will be the right one but there isn't just one so don't get too hung up no. on getting it perfect and if you do fall in love with a premium paint brand you're like this is definitely the color this is the one that i want but you're still feeling a bit anxious about spending that cash get it color mixed first and use that paint see if you really really do love it if you don't then paint over it fine if you do then you can use that as a base for buying the premium one so you'll have a kind of an undercoat that's similar to the color that you want Mm. and it means you won't Mm. spend as much money and it means that you know you're making the right decision it's worth you spending all this extra cash very clever yeah it can be a really good idea. So say you're working in your living room. Did Beth say which room she was talking about? No, she didn't, did she? Um, but if you're working in a living room and you've got a nice cushion that you absolutely love, that can be the inspiration for your colours. Mm. So you can mm. rule out the rest of the colour chart. You just look at the colours that are in this cushion and you work out from there and you build your colour palette up from there. That can be very helpful. Yeah, just having somewhere to, yeah. somewhere as a bit of a launch pad. Yeah. I mean, we've had like whole rooms where the entire room has been designed around the fact that we have like a coffee table we like. So everything yeah. has to complement <laughs> the table. But that's a good starting yeah. point. Yeah, it's it as good a starting point down. as any. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And in terms of direction, you know, there's often a lot written about these are the colours you need for your north facing mm. bedroom, your west facing kitchen. How do you go about combining if you've got a, because like for instance, our house is, goes kind of northwest to southeast. So all the rooms are on a bit of a, diagonal how do you take that into account when you're choosing colors i think it comes back to what hannah was saying about feel because there are no hard and fast rules even with standard northwest southeast facing rooms there are no hard and fast rules there are guidelines but all of them will change based on what you want the feel of the room to be the guidelines they're there to help you they're not to tell you what to do yeah Mm. exactly so if it's a southeast facing room 
but it's got a tiny window, then you're not getting much light in there, even though it's southeast facing. Mm. So I would follow the more east rules. <laughs> <laughs> and equally, a northwest facing room, if there's a big window, if it's a conservatory, mm. is going to get plenty of light. Yeah. So I think you have to live with the room for a bit and see how the light changes yeah. throughout, I would say, at least half a year. A whole year would be better, but at least half a year. Because then you'll get a sense for how the light's going to progress through the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, we God, we made so many mistakes with this when we moved into our house. It's just you get stuck in and you think, I've got to pick colours for all the rooms, then we've got to paint the rooms in those colours. But you're just not used to living in the space at no, all. Yeah. And then, I mean, we've come around on pretty much everything. We've only been there two years and we're already yeah. redoing stuff we did in the first six months. Yeah. <laughs> so when I painted my kitchen orange, we went through so many colour swatches. And part of the reason for that is it's a tricky north-facing room. So you bring in an orange that looks quite bright on screen or uh, in the shop, and it looked brown. Mm. Yeah. It took so many samples to find an orange that had zing, but wasn't like neon. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we got there in the end. Yes. Because your north-facing light has got more blue in it, mm -hmm. and your south-facing light has got more yellow in it. Yeah. Um, so you'll need to kind of, you'll definitely need to take those colours into the space. And if you're looking in in the shop go slightly more red if you're yes. working in a north facing room and go slightly more blue if you're working in a south facing room it's very fiddly <laughs> but you will get the hang of it i promise and yeah. also the infuriating thing is you will take the same swatch and you will put it on the different walls of your room as everyone should do yes and it will look different on every single Oh. Yeah. And I think also <laughs> in terms of where the entrance to the room is and where the light falls together, like for instance, we've got one room where the light always falls on the back wall, the wall that you face when you walk in the door. Mm. And I suddenly realised that really is the only wall that it matters exactly what yes. the paint looks like because no one's ever looking at the other walls. You don't really walk in and turn around and inspect the other wall. It's yes. really about that where you get the first impression as well. Yeah. In fact, that's that's a good tip for dark rooms in general. You could paint... The, like a feature wall you can make a feature wall of the one that gets the most light and the one that is looked at the most and keep the others white keep them light so mm. that the light's bouncing around more okay loads of good ideas there so hopefully that's helpful if you do want to check out any of the products that we've talked about in today's episode we'll pop them in the show notes you can find those at yourhomestyle.uk and if you have a question that you'd like us to tackle send it to us the address is podcast at yourhomestyle.uk thanks for listening thanks for listening